been in a series called Naturally Supernatural. And um, it's a series I I feel is so necessary because as human beings, it's very easy to just live a natural life and not expect great things from God, not expect God to use us in powerful ways. And, And so we're looking at various ways that God chooses to use us. And God, through his word, uh, shows us that he has used people historically and chooses to use people even today, now, uh, moving ahead to to reveal his love, reveal his power, to to show the character of God. And and so we're talking about naturally, living naturally supernatural. What does this look like in real life? It looks like wherever you go, maybe you're a student. Well, as a student... God can use you uh, on your campus. As, a, as an employee, God can use you in the workplace. As a consumer, God can use you in Walmart, right? And, and most definitely, before I go too far, God can use you in your own home, all right? And so living naturally, supernaturally, we want to get away from the mindset that we go to church for an hour, hour and a half on Sundays, and we live the rest of our lives the way we want when we leave here. Because really, uh, God has called us to emulate um, the love of Christ and the power of Christ wherever we go. So we're talking about this topic, living naturally, supernatural. And today I want to talk to you about the topic of healing. Healing is is a a, a very prominent topic in the Bible. And so before we get started, I want to ask the question, how many people in this room Uh, believe that or have actually had the experience of being physically healed and it was a, you know, it was a God thing. God physically healed you. All right. So, wow, good, a good percentage, 50% or more. God did something in your body. Uh, Actually, this, this guy right here, his name is Nate, rolled his ankle yesterday and he was just getting prayer and his ankle is getting much, much, much better, right? Improving as we speak. All right, so this is good. So God's, he's experiencing his first healing. That's cool. Right before our eyes. So if you were annoyed by someone standing when my wife was doing announcements, I wasn't because I saw God at work in his ankle. So, yeah, yeah, so that's good. Um, so a good percentage has ex- have experienced healing in this room. You've experienced healing. And if I go way back 15 years ago, 20 years ago, um, when I was a young Christian, I, I believed in the power of healing. There was no doubt in my mind God healed today. I didn't wrestle with it. I didn't struggle with it. I believed it very powerfully. One of my problems was I never, I never experienced it when I prayed for other people to be healed. And I got frustrated because of that. And, and so I, I, I believed it. We, I had a theology, a belief system of healing, but I didn't see the evidence of it in my life. And I had people around me, people in my life that were experiencing it in, uh, on a regular basis. There was a guy who, who used to come regularly to Faith Chapel. His name was Mark Swiger, a very close friend of Steve Buza. And these two guys would go to India and see like miracul- miracles, miraculous things happen all the time. I mean, deformed bodies straightened out. Uh, limbs growing back, people possessed by devils set free, blind eyes open, deaf ears. I mean, you just go down the list, and they saw it. But it didn't stay in India. There was stuff happening here on a regular basis in this church. Uh, I, 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 I experienced personal healing. My knee, I damaged my knee very badly playing basketball. Uh, it's, it, it got totally healed. I had shoulder problems 
totally healed. I have no limitations, no hindrances from um, those injuries. My son, my son experienced an amazing miracle. Um, the, form, the founding pastor of this church, uh, Lee Simmons, he had a word of knowledge, which is when God reveals some information to a person that they share publicly. When God reveals that information, it's very typically for another person, either in the realm of healing or to expose some information so that he can reveal his love to, to that person. So he had this word of knowledge. He said, I believe that there's someone that, uh, that has a lazy eye that God wants to heal today. And my oldest son, Jamin, when he was a young man, he used to wear glasses, corrective lenses, because he had a lazy eye. And my, he wasn't even in the room when that, was, when that was spoken. My wife ran down the education wing and, and brought him in here, and he received prayer. And from that day on, my son refused to wear his glasses. And his eyes straightened out. And in fact, his, his vision became 20-20, and to this day, he's now 20 years old, has not wore glasses another day in his life. This is like 12 years later. See, see, God is a God who heals. I, I experienced that. I believed it. I didn't struggle with that. My struggle with, was that I wanted to see people healed. Um, I wanted to see God use me to, to lead people in healing, right? And I, I think a lot of us are in that boat. God, use me. Why? I see you use so-and-so, sister so-and-so, this guy over here. God is not selective in how he uses people to heal. I believe that he wants to use everyone to heal. And so I want to share with you a biblical basis for this topic of healing. I believe the Bible is clear, and I want to get us all on the same page. I want to, I want to see these scriptures build your faith so that you can ask the question, why not me? Why not here? Why not now? I believe that every one of us, can you imagine if we left this place with the mindset and the heart and the faith to go out and be used of God to lead other people in healing? Wouldn't that be powerful? Let me tell you one of the reasons there's a lot, not a lot of people healed. It's because not a lot of people are being prayed for. You see, 0%, statistics show that 0% of the people you pray for are healed. Right? And if you're willing to take a risk, I believe that God will meet you. God will meet you at that point of risk. And I can't say every single time you pray for someone, they're going to be healed. I can't say that. In fact, that may not be the case. That's okay. But are you willing to take a risk to see somebody's life changed? Someone impacted by the power of the gospel, by the love of God. Um, Are you willing to take a risk to say, God, use me? And I want to be very clear because... Even though I'm talking about this topic of healing, this is not the only way God uses people, okay? There's many ways. This is one of the ways. And so because we're on this topic, it's important for us to look at the scriptures to get a grasp of what the scriptures say about healing. But I want to tell you this. Um, I, I shared with you historically my frustration with healing. But I can tell you things have changed. In, in fact, I believe that there's an outbreak of healing. God is using many, many people a lot more frequently, and he's surprising a lot of people with the fact that they, they pray this prayer. It's an empty-handed, no-faith prayer, and boom, this person's healed. Like, are you kidding me? And, and the person who prayed the prayer is more shocked than the person who's healed. I see this a lot. This is, this is incredible. So I want to build your faith 
to, uh, to add another tool to your toolbox so that God, you're open to God saying, God, would you use me in this area? And because there's undoubtedly going to be moments in time where you run into people, where you see people, where God highlights somebody as you're you know, going about your life, living naturally supernatural. You, you may be shopping or, or at a restaurant or whatever, and God highlights. And I want to explain this word highlight because um, we understand like a highlighter, right? It, it, it exposes... Or, or reveals, when some of you, like you highlight like crazy. You have 30 different colors and every, you know, you use them all and they have codes for, you know, this is when I use this color and all that stuff. When God highlights somebody, he, 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 uh, he is, he's showing you that he has something for you to do in their life. That's, you know, and, and what it looks like is, it, it looks like, you know, you, you look at them and you don't know why you're, wanting to talk to them or you're, I'm going to use the word attracted, but not in a attractive, you're not attracted to them in that way, but you're attracted to want to talk to them. Not because they're handsome or beautiful or something like that, but for whatever reason, there's something about them and you want to talk to them. Does this make sense? So God highlights somebody in your natural everyday uh, life. You're just going about life. All of a sudden you see this person and you got to talk to them and maybe you know, maybe God tells you something about them, or maybe you see they have something physically going on. I would say, take a risk in pursuit. See what happens. See what God does. And so we're, we're going to talk about this today as we move forward. But I believe we are living in one of the most amazing times in Christian history. I believe that God is pouring out his spirit, uh, and, and I'm seeing people uh, used of God in mighty, mighty ways. It is awesome. And I want us to catch the wave of this, okay? I want us to catch the wave of this. What an amazing time that we're living in. God is looking for people who will step out of the boat and step onto the water. So I've got a lot of passages of Scripture to share with you because I want this to be a teaching on the topic of a biblical basis for healing. I want you to understand what the Bible says about healing. Here we go. In Exodus 15, God himself, God reveals himself as our healer. And it says in in verse 26, it says, um, he said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians. Do you remember those diseases? There's skin diseases, there's there's gnats and frogs, all kinds of stuff that was just bad that the Egyptians experienced because of God's judgment upon them. He says, for I am the Lord who heals you. See, God here uh, reveals himself as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals us. That's what it means, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals us. And this name that he shares about himself indicates that out of his very nature, healing flows. Out of who he is, healing flows. And, and so um, this is a very, uh, very significant period of time that he reveals himself as, as their healer, the Israelites' healer. They had just been delivered from Egypt. They were in Egypt for 400 years. They had just crossed the Red Sea. And in chapter 14 is when it documents them crossing the Red Sea of Exodus. In chapter 15, Miriam sings her song to the Lord. This is Moses's, Moses's and Aaron's sister. And in the same chapter, right out of the gate, God says, I want you to know something. I am your healer. 
If you do the things I ask of you, if you live your life right, if you honor me with your lifestyle, I am your healer. It's a very powerful thing. Now, God's revealing himself as our healer. In the Old Testament, um, the prophetic indications about the Messiah many, many, many times pointed to a Messiah who would come and heal. And so I want to show you, when they were looking for the Messiah, they were looking for someone that had power to heal. And I want to show you some scriptures. Um, In Isaiah 35, you could also, if you're taking notes, write down Isaiah 53. He talks about um, by his stripes we were healed. Isaiah 61, it talks about it as well. We won't go to those passages, but let's just look at this one, Isaiah 35. It says, encourage the exhausted. This is speaking about the coming Messiah. Strengthen the feeble. Say to those with anxious heart, take courage, fear not, because your God will come with vengeance. The recompense of God will come, but he will save you. Now look at what happens. This is the physical part of healing that I talked about. Then the eyes of the blind will be open, and the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. Then the lame will leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute will shout for joy. So this Messiah, this is uh, 750 years before Jesus was ever born. Isaiah writes prophetically about the one that would come. And some of the key indicators of the one that would come would be that he begins to heal supernaturally. Do you see this? He heals supernaturally. Uh, In Luke, when Jesus comes on the scene now, this is 750 years later, in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus gets up in the, in the temple and he literally quotes from Isaiah 61. Uh, that's why I didn't share Isaiah 61 because here it is in Luke 4, 18 and 19. He's saying, this is me. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery. You see this? Recovery of sight to the blind to set free those who are oppressed to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. This is Jesus acknowledging, I am the one, I'm the promised one. So the Old Testament pointed to a Messiah that would heal. In, in Luke chapter 7, verse 20, I told you we have a lot of verses, but again, we have to lay out this, this uh, foundation of healing. Luke chapter 7, verse 20, it says this. Um, actually, before I read to you, just I'll, I'll give you a backdrop. John the Baptist a uh, very famous man in, in the scriptures. He came before, he came on the scene before Jesus did, as far as his prominence goes. And he was, he was calling people to repentance. And as they repented, he baptized them. Their hearts were being prepared for the coming Messiah. And when Jesus came on the scene in the midst of John the Baptist's ministry, John recognized him as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He ended up baptizing him. And and so now John the Baptist is in prison, and John is asking the question, are are you the one or not? Are you the Messiah or not? So it says, when the men came to him, John sent some people to Jesus. They said, John the Baptist has sent us to you to ask, are you the expected one, or do we look for someone else? See, he had some doubt, even after calling him out as the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. It says, at that very time, he cured many people of diseases and afflictions and evil spirits, and he gave sight to many who were blind. In verse 22, it says this, and he answered and said to them, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. So this is obvious right before their very eyes. They've seen it, 
and they've heard about it. What was Jesus doing? The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. So, so most, of in this, most of us in this room would not doubt that Jesus came and he healed people. He had power to heal. And, and he transformed people's lives. In fact, as you read through the Gospels, it, he would be in towns and it says that they brought all the sick and all the demon-possessed to him, and he healed them all. I mean, that is astounding, right? It's amazing. I mean, imagine if you were there for a moment just to get a glimpse of people being wheeled up in modern-day vernacular in wheelchairs, people, uh, people being helped along who are struggling, people coming in canes, people with, with uh, terminal diseases on, in their bodies, people who are blind, people... Of all, with all kinds of problems in their life being brought to Jesus and they left whole. Would this be astounding to you? When you read the Gospels, you should envision this. You should get a picture of this in your mind because it's so powerful. It's astounding. I mean, we don't know. It could, be, could have been hundreds or maybe perhaps even thousands of people that were brought to him in a given night and they all left healed. I mean, that, that to me is shocking. It's shocking news so, so these kind of people, Jesus, Jesus is on the move, and these, these people would come and leave whole when they encountered him. So Jesus, in essence, is saying in these passages, all that was said of the Messiah, I am doing. In fact, I want you to know that I am he. So the Old Testament, after God reveals himself as the healer, the Old Testament begins to point to this coming Messiah who is going to be a healer. And Jesus came and he was a healer. Are you with me? We're just trying to walk slowly through the scriptures as it relates to God and, and uh, the one who heals. But I w- we don't stop there, and the scriptures don't stop there that it was Jesus only who healed. In fact, I believe that every Christian is called to have a healing ministry. And when I say a healing ministry, I'm not talking about you make money and you Go preach at churches. I'm talking about in your everyday life, living naturally supernatural, God can use you to minister to others with healing. I believe every Christian, it's not the gift, just the gifted people. It's not the people with a title in front of their name. This is, this is, this is, is something that God desires to use every Christian in. I am fully convinced of it. And I want to show you why I believe this as we move forward. Um, every Christian has been commissioned to heal. In Matthew 10, 8, it says this. Jesus speaking to the 12 disciples. It says this. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received, freely give. So he's speaking to his 12 disciples. He called them out by name. Uh, He's going to raise them up to carry on the ministry that he started. He tells them, heal the sick, raise the dead. I, I mean, can you imagine hearing that command if you were one of those 12? Like, you're, you're going to use me to raise dead people to life? Uh, that would have flipped me out if I was one of those 12. But so, so he tells them. Now, this was said to the 12, but, uh, and your, your argument may be, well, that was said to the 12 and not me. And you are exactly right. It was not a command given directly to you. However, 
I want to say to you, if you use that as an argument to make sure it doesn't apply to you, um, if you cut out everything that was spoken directly to the 12, you would ha not have much in the Gospels, of the four Gospels. You take out major chunks of the Gospels if you say, well, that applies to them and not me. Okay, so we could be in dangerous territory if we're, if we're saying a lot of this stuff in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it doesn't apply to me. It was, it was for the disciples and just the disciples, not me. There's another passage I'll share with you. Um, in similar fashion, it says in Mark 6, 7, calling the 12 to him, he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. They went out and preached that people should repent they drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil, and they healed them. And so now we're beginning to see the evidence or the results of this authority and power that he gave to his disciples. They're going out. In fact, in, in Luke chapter 10, we see it expanded even more because he sends out 72, and none of them were the 12 disciples. And he said, I want you to go into towns, and I want you to heal people. When they came back, they were excited. They're like, even the demons are subject to us in your name, not the 12 disciples. And he said, listen, rejoice in this, that your name is written in heaven. Because you know what? Authority is authority. I don't, you know, if I was working, say I worked at, I had a job at Burger King, right? I wouldn't get excited that my employee, you know, I told them to mop the floor, Man, they, they did exactly what I told them to do. No, th because I understand authority, right? W when authority is spoken, a person in authority is, speaks, and, and there's a response that's just expected, right? You don't celebrate what is expected. You, you get what I'm saying? And so Jesus is saying, you don't need to celebrate that. I've given you authority and power. You need to celebrate that your name's written in heaven. So he here's where in, in, your argument may still be valid in your mind. Listen. That was spoken to the 12, that was spoken to the 72, it wasn't spoken to me. All right? But let me show you in Matthew 28. You're done after this verse, okay? I got you. I got you after this verse. Matthew 28, it says this. Therefore go, he's speaking to the disciples, okay? Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Who is the them? Us. So, so these disciples are supposed to go out and make more disciples. They're supposed to baptize them, right? We're, we're good so far. Uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is where I'm going to get you. Verse 20, 20. Verse 20. It says, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. So I, I see that as a big yes from heaven. That yes, everything uh, Jesus told to the disciples... He's now saying to you, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. What has he commanded them? He's commanded them to heal the sick, raise the dead, uh, cleanse the lepers, uh, and so on and so forth. He's commanded them to do that. And now he's saying, you guys got to go teach these people, the them, that they're supposed to do the same thing. So are you still exempt? I don't think you are. I don't think I am either. I don't look at it as a job. I look at it as a privilege. I believe that Jesus is saying that every believer is commissioned to heal the sick. If you believe that with me, say this with me. I am under a divine commission. I have orders from Jesus to heal the sick. 
We are making amazing progress. Listen to me. If we, if we just at the foundation of who we are begin to believe that, I believe we are positioning ourselves for God to use us in mighty ways. In fact, listen, I just release you to go heal the sick. Wherever you find yourself, wherever God puts you, whoever you find in your path that is sick, that is in need of a touch from God, that you have the boldness and are willing to take the kind of risk to see God use you. And and that you don't give up, even when you don't see success every single time. That you say, you know what, I'm not getting it. I'm not sure why it works sometimes and not works other times. That you don't give up. You just keep going after it. Because this is what I found in my life, that as you just keep believing, your, your, your experiences may not always line up with the Word of God. But that does not give you the authority or the privilege to uh, form a theology out of your experiences. The Word of God remains the Word of God. So if the Word of God, if you're not seeing the Word of God lived out in your life, then you've got to change. The Word of God doesn't change. You with me? So we, we can't lower our standards because of our experiences. We've got to stick to the standard of the Word of God. And when we do that, and we say, you know what, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe you. You said it. I didn't say it. This was your idea. It wasn't my idea. I would never come up with such a crazy idea. But it's your idea. And because it's your idea, I'm going to believe you at it, and I'm going to see it fulfilled in my life. If we have that kind of faith, I believe that Syracuse will be changed by people who are on a mission to bring glory to God by, uh, by healing the sick. If you notice, when Jesus went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom, it was never separated from healing the sick. Never. Everywhere he went, he, he brought healing and deliverance to the places that he uh, ministered to. Somehow our theology has, has caused us to say, well, that was then, this is now. No, the Bible hasn't changed. We're still commissioned to heal the sick. And so we've got to step out and believe God for great things in this area. And I want to say, I, I mentioned earlier that God, God is doing more and more in our midst. We're beginning to see it. There's, the faith level is rising. Uh, we've seen deaf ears opened. We've seen blind eyes open. There was a lady in the first service. Her sister came with a blind eye uh, one day, and she left seeing in this very church. Uh, deaf ears are open. God, God is on the move. And, and let me just say something. This is not about bringing, uh, puffing anyone up or bringing glory to any person. This is about bringing glory to God. See, he is the one who gives the power. No one in this room can heal a headache. No one. But God, through them, can do amazing, amazing things. You hear me? So, so I, I just, when I say these things, I want to give glory to God. We've seen backs healed, knees healed. I'm, I'm one of them. My knee was healed. We've seen shoulders healed. We've seen God do amazing things. Last week, my wife shared a story about a woman we ran into in the city. She came here maybe once, twice, a few times. Uh, someone prayed for her, her, and I don't even know if it was here or on the streets of our city. She had partial paralysis. She had had a stroke, and her whole one side of her face was totally paralyzed. She had no use of it. She didn't have feeling in it. And someone prayed for her. We don't even know who, and it doesn't even matter. But she is now 100% well. So we ran into her last Saturday, and she said, you know what? One of your people prayed for me, and I got healed. And we're like, praise God. This is what we're, this is what we're called to do. We're just doing what we're called to do. Um, we give glory to God for these things. 
Now, one of the things that you may have a problem with, and uh, it's not hard to have a problem with this, but Jesus two times in those passages said, he not only said, heal the sick, but he said, raise the dead. Does that bother you? I mean, are you kidding me? We're just working on healing the sick. And he's like, no, the bar's like way up here. I don't want you to just settle there because I've got more for you to do. Do you think he was just blowing smoke? I mean, you think he's just puffing people, messing with them? Or do you think he's serious about this? I think he's serious about it. We're not seeing a lot of this yet, but I could tell you a couple stories. Um, after after this a message like this was preached, there was a man who heard it that didn't believe it. But his son was driving a tricycle alongside of the road, and he got hit by a car. And, and the kid, he was like a three-year-old kid. Body was totally mangled, and um, he ran over to the kid, and he was just desperate as a father. And he just kept crying out to Jesus. He kept on calling his son's spirit. You know, if you ever run into a dead person that's freshly dead, call that, call that person by name, their spirit, back into that body. That's all I have to tell you. Just do it. He's doing that. That's what he's doing. He's just calling his son's spirit back into his body. Uh, and he's dead. They, they transport him to the hospital. Uh, a while later, the kid comes back to life. He has a full body, uh, a full body, what is it, cast on. And I mean, it's like, it's so high up his neck. It's choking him. The mom's advocating for the kid. This is over a period of time. Can you just cut that down a little bit so he can move his head a little bit? And the doctor's like, well, we're going to assess and they were just kept praying and praying and praying. We're going to assess the situation, but I doubt we're going to be able to do much because his body is so uh, damaged. Well, they went and took an x-ray uh, of this kid's body, and they found that all of the bones were supernaturally healed. They cut the cast off and sent the kid home. I'm not kidding you. We have raised the dead. You'll never know when you find yourself in that situation. You know, ask God for the faith to, to believe now. Um, we have a, a young lady in our service. I don't think she's here today, but she attends our church. And um, at three years old, uh, at three years old, she lived in another nation. And she fell off the balcony of her, of her house and fell to the ground and died. Her mother rushed and grabbed her. And a couple doors down from the house, a doctor lived. And, and she brought him to the doctor. She the mother brought the daughter to the doctor, and the doctor said, your daughter's dead. Um, the daughter was transported to the hospital, and the mom just sat by her daughter for hours and hours and hours, crying out to God and, and saying, you know, God, would you restore my daughter's life? Seven hours later, the daughter came back to life after she was confirmed dead more than once. And um, in fact, she coughed. And, and, and the, the young lady who had this happen to her, she actually asked me to not mention her name because she doesn't want attention brought to herself. But the, uh, seven hours later, she was dead for seven hours. She coughs, and it flipped the nurses out so much that they ran. <laughs> the next day, she was in church. God is, God is a supernatural God, and, and he is not, and you know what? Raising the dead is not too big for him. He, he just needs vessels to believe him enough that his power can flow through them to raise the dead. Listen, I want our faith to rise in this place. You know, uh, 
I remember when I was frustrated about this thing of healing. I believed it, but I wasn't seeing it in my life. And um, after a while, it changed. I didn't want to pray for the sick anymore because I was frustrated. I didn't see them healed. I started being selective on who I prayed for and what I prayed for. You know, I would take the easy things. Let me pray for your headache. Let me pray for your, your hurt knee. I had enough faith because my knee had been healed. But I was selective. I was, I was choosing what I would pray for because I didn't have enough faith to say, God, you know what? You can heal cancer. You know, you, you can take away migraines. You can, you can do bigger things than heal a headache, you know? Um, but God is, God is on the move. God is raising the faith level of his people. He's showing up and he's showing off. And it's exciting to watch. And I want you part of the game. I want you to catch the wave and begin to ride it. Um, let me see. I, I've got uh, one more thing I want to share with you. One more passage. It's very powerful. Because I personally believe, personally believe that there is no limit to what God can do. I mean, if God could speak the, the, uh, the stars and the sky and the earth and animals and life into existence, what, can, cannot, what can't he do? Is there anything? Is there any disease that he can't heal? In Psalm 103, David writes this. Very powerful psalm. If you're, uh, it's a good psalm to meditate on and, and ask the Lord to give you revelation on. Psalm 103 says this. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And, and, and David is, is saying, you know what? There's a lot of good things God has done for us. There's a lot of good things that we can believe him for. Look at what it goes on to say. Who forgives all your sins. Is there anyone in this place that believes that there's any sin that's too big for God to forgive? Right? The Bible says that he, he, he takes our sins so far from us that it's as far as the east is from the west. That means that we can be free, shame-free, guilt-free, condemnation-free. Our sins are taken away. They're forgiven. They're washed away. You can leave this place totally free from your sin today. Maybe you're carrying something. Maybe it's a hidden sin that's in your life. And you can leave guilt-free, shame-free, condemnation-free because of what the Word of God says today and what Jesus has done. He forgives all our sins. But it doesn't stop there. He heals all your diseases, all of them. That all that applies to sins is the same all that applies to to diseases. You see, some of us think that Jesus can do amazing things with sins, but there's limited amount of power that he could do with diseases or sickness or broken bodies. And the psalmist is saying, they're both the same. The atonement, what Jesus did on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection was powerful enough to deal with sin and disease at the same level. Isn't that powerful? That's so powerful what God can do. So that tells me, you know what? There's no terminal disease that's too terminal that God can't do something in. And I've heard stories. I've seen people's lives transformed in a moment. There, there's, nothing, there's nothing too weird, too out of the box that God can't intervene in. Does he intervene every single time? No, he doesn't. But there's nothing too big for him uh, uh, to keep him from intervening in a life. I, I heard this story. This just amazes me. I mean, 
This is not going to be as good as someone being raised from the dead, okay? I, just got, I don't know if you could get any better than that. But I heard the story. Um, Randy Clark shares the story about a guy who was in Mexico. And there was, there's this island or this, this, this village that was, that was very, very um, just loaded demonically. It was, it was a very oppressed, totally demonized village. They, they, were, all, they were all intent on worshiping demons and so they would stay up all night and play the drum and worship demons it was a very dark place and someone came with the gospel and it totally transformed that place and they began to worship Jesus more passionately than they worship demons and this was a village near the water and this there was a man he was a he was a, a professional fisherman on on a boat one day he lost his arm he um they were letting down the anchor, and there was a chain attached to the anchor, and somehow it caught his arm and totally ripped it right off, right off his body. And so he had no arm. And no one told this guy that God wasn't big enough to heal or to regenerate an arm in his body. So he began believing God for it. And he's crying out to God and worshiping God and asking him for a new arm. Well, wouldn't you know it? God generated a new arm. And now this guy was in his 50s or so. And, and what they said, the people who eyewitnesses of this, um, said that his body was aged. Uh, and you could tell that he was an older man by looking at his body up to his shoulder. But when you looked at the arm that God grew out, it was younger. The skin color was different. The muscle tone was different. It was a totally new arm that God grew. Is that too big for God? See, we, we put God in this little box of, you know, I don't know if God can heal anymore. I don't know if God is big enough to do that. But nothing is too difficult for our God. Now, I, I want to wrap this up with uh, just tapping into our imaginations for a moment. Can you imagine what your life would be like if God began to use you to heal people that you ran into, people in your life, people that you work with, people... Um, uh, former acquaintances, uh, people that you run into when you're shopping. Can you imagine what your life would be like if, if you had the faith to step out to say, God, use me, and he did? Can you imagine how much glory God would get um, when, when people see that there's nothing you could have done in that situation, but God did a miracle right before their eyes? Maybe they were far off. Maybe, maybe they were someone you know's uh, prodigal son, Lost, they've been praying for that son for years, you know. And all of a sudden, God shows up on the scene. And you just happen to be there uh, faithfully saying, God, use me. And he does. And all of a sudden, this person who's been uh, wandering from God for a long time now realizes that God does love them. God has not forgiven up on them. And God has his eye on them. Can you imagine what that would be like in your life? Multiply that by 300 people. What do you think would happen if we got a hold of this concept that God is still healing today and he desires to use ordinary, everyday people like you and me to be a part of this journey? Do you think that could change this place a little bit? Do you think that this city could be in an uproar because of the goodness of God and the presence of God? I think it could. I, I'm convinced of it. I believe that this is God's will for us. I believe that this is God's will for us today. Why not us? Why not here? Why not now? Can I tell you something? I didn't share this in the first service, but God just brought this to memory. 
God has spoken over this church more than once by multiple people that this would be a hospital. That this place would be the kind of hospital where, where people come in sick, wheelchairs, walkers, crutches, and, and, and they become a showcase on the wall of what God did in a person's life. It's got to start with some, some people to say, you know what? If God can use people like Peter who, who shadow healed people or, or uh, Paul who, whose handkerchiefs, handkerchiefs touched his body and, and that handkerchief, when it would touch someone who was demon-possessed, would set the person free. When it touched someone who was sick, would heal them. I mean, if, if God can do amazing things through ordinary people like that, I think he can use us to do some smaller things, right? Or even believe him enough to do some bigger things. I don't know about you, but when I begin to see the word of God, it builds faith in me to say, you know what? I think, I think, if we just apply a little bit of faith, I mean, you see people with amazing faith in the Bible. There's a woman, no one told her that if she touches Jesus' garment, she's going to be healed. You know, the traditional thing, oh, I need him to pray for me, I need him to lay hands. This woman's faith is like, I just need to touch, touch a little bit of his clothing and I'm going to be well. Listen to me. Our faith can take us far if we believe God for great things. And in the midst of that, God shows up and glorifies his name. I don't know about you. Is anyone in? Is this, we live in exciting times. We live in an exciting day where God wants to use people like you and me. I want to invite you to stand to your feet as we close today. If you're here and you're sick in body, today's a good day to get prayer. I'd like to have the altar ministry come up. But, but if you're not sick in body, go find someone who is. And just say, you know what? You don't even have to be weird about it. Let me just tell you, give you a little instruction. You can pray for someone in the store and not close your eyes. You could just say, you know what? If they give you permission to pray for them, listen, I see you've got a cast on your foot. Is it okay if I pray for you? Sure. You know what? It's like a conversation. Right now in Jesus' name, I tell, I speak to that ankle to be whole right now in Jesus' name. Tell me if you feel anything as I'm praying for you. Your eyes can be open. It could be ordinary, everyday conversation. We don't have to get all super weird about this, okay? Listen, Jesus, or excuse me, Peter said to the beggar on the street, listen, I don't have any money, buddy, but you know what? I'm going to give you something better. Why don't you just get up and walk? Do you think he closed his eyes and started doing om, om? I don't think he did. I think it was as normal as a conversation with someone you walk by that you don't know. And I think it could be that way for us. And God can still work in that way. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you. Um, and just release. Let's just, let's just believe that God has something for us as we leave today. And do we have any other altar workers up here? All right. We got one more. Just, just in season and out of season, baby. Let's pray. Father, we give you praise today. We thank you, God, that you have called us, you've commissioned us to be your mouthpieces, not only to tell about the great things that Jesus has done, but also Jesus said that greater works will you do than I have done because I'm going to the Father. And so, Lord, you've called us, Lord, to do the things that Jesus has done and even greater things, God. So, Father, we ask you to use us. We give ourselves over to you again. God, we admit and confess we have nothing to offer of ourselves, but we say, Lord, let your power flow in us and through us, God. We're desperate for a move of your spirit in this city. 
We're desperate for a move of your spirit in our lives, God. We're desperate for a move of your spirit in this church. So we say, have your way, God. Glorify your name. God, we know that we're called to something greater than just attending church on Sundays, God. We are called to be like Jesus was in this world. So we thank you for it. Use your people, Lord. Even this week, I ask for amazing testimonies of how you use your people in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. We love you. Have a great day.